One of the roles that Torah plays right now is in giving people a mirror to what they're feeling, what they're experiencing, and maybe even a window <laughs> yeah. to where they want to go. I'm Alana Steinheim, Rosh Beit Midrash and Senior Fellow at the Shalom Hartman Institute. I'm excited to share that I am the host of Texting, a new podcast where ancient wisdom meets contemporary relevance from Hartman's award-winning digital team. On each show, Hartman scholars Christine Hayes, Yona Hain, or Leora Botnitsky will join me to delve into a Torah text that offers insight and inspiration about the issues that matter to you and to our community. I got the feeling from the various explanations that the rabbis gave that God also feels broken. You can listen to texting at shalomhartman.org forward slash texting or wherever you get your podcasts. I look forward to learning with you. Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one radiant page of Talmud every day. And in today's pages, Gitin 45 and 46, we come across a story, and boy, is it a story. Get a load of this. It's a bit long, but it's worth it. The Gemara relates that Rav Nachman's daughters would stir a boiling pot with her bare hands, and people thought that the heat did not harm them due to their righteousness. Rav Yiddish had a difficulty with a verse, as it is written, A man, one of a thousand I have found, and a woman among all those have I not found. Ecclesiastes 7.28 Aren't there Rav Nachman's daughters who were exceptionally righteous? These words caused him to be taken captive due to the evil eye. And Rav Elish was also taken captive with him. One day, a certain man was sitting with him in captivity who knew the language of birds. A raven came and called to Rav Elish. Rav Elish said to the man, What is the raven saying? He said to him that it is saying, Elish, escape! Elish, escape! Rav Elish said, It is a lying raven, and I do not rely on it. In the meantime, a dove came and was calling out. Rav Elish said to the man, What is it saying? He said to him that the dove said, Elish, escape! Elish, escape! Elish said, The congregation of Israel is compared to a dove. I conclude from the dove's words, that a miracle will happen for me and I can attempt to escape. Rav Eli said, Before I leave, I will go and I will see Rav Nachman's daughters. If they remain steadfast in their faith and are acting appropriately, then I will take them with me and I will return them to their home. He said, Women tell all of their secret matters to each other in the bathroom. So he went there to eavesdrop on them. He heard them saying, These captors are now our husbands and the men of Nehardea to whom we are married are our husbands. We should tell our captors to distance us from here so that our husbands should not come to this area and hear that we are here and redeem us and take us home. They prefer to remain with their captors. Upon hearing this, Ravidish arose and escaped. He and that man who knew the language of birds came to a river crossing. A miracle happened for him and he crossed the river on a ferry and the captors found that man and killed him. When Rav Nachman's daughters were returned and they came back from their captivity, Ravidish said they would stir the pot with witchcraft. And that is why they were not burned by the boiling pot, but it was not due to their righteousness. I am breathless. What do we have here? We have a man talking to birds. We have witchcraft. We have all kinds of impropriety. We have murder. Um, One man and only one man could make sense of all this. And I'm here in his home. My teacher and friend, Rev. David Bashevkin, how are you, my friend? Liel, what an absolute joy. And I remember when I lear- first learned Tractate Gittin, 
and I came across this story. Like, it seems like, I don't mean to be coarse, but it's a little bit of like a bad trip. Like, there's like one page that like took like a little bit of psychedelics and like found its way into the Talmud. I actually think this is an extraordinarily moving story, which really gets to the theme of Tractate Gittin, which we have spoken about many, many times in conversation, where at the heart of what Tractate Gittin is all about are divorces. And normally when we think of divorce, we think about divorce between spouses, between a husband and wife. And Gittin expands that notion of that break, that rupture, to include a slave and his master, which we're talking about in this chapter. And as we mentioned later on in the fifth chapter, we actually have the stories of the destruction of the temple. It is the rupture, the divorce, so to speak, what is apparent between God and the Jewish people. I believe this story appears here specifically because this is a rupture in a family. And I think a lot of families have divorces within them, not between the spouses, but God forbid, between parents and children, that alienation that you can find when children, parents are alienated from one another. And the saddest part of the story, which really makes me stop and think for a moment, because I think people have experienced in their lives where after that rupture and there's even a road back, you don't even realize that you're in exile anymore. The ultimate rupture is kind of taking your prison and turning it into a home, taking that distance and saying, I don't even want to come back, not even realizing that you are lost, that double concealment of saying, I'm lost and I don't even know I'm lost. And that is the daughters of Rebbe Lai, the ultimate rupture that could happen in a family of not even wanting to return, of saying, well, we're okay here, we don't want to do this. And I think that there's something very beautiful in the story, which is kind of telling us how to heal within a family, and that is the mistrust that he had for the raven and the trust that he had for the dove. That's never happenstance or obviously biblical imagery that I'm sure comes to mind for many of our listeners from the story of Noah and Noah not trusting the raven and then finally trusting the dove. And I believe that it is really telling us something about child rearing and telling us about something about the relationship that we build within a family to avoid those relationships. Ravens may hunt a little bit. They're always kind of like there's an ominousness to a raven. And I think in the metaphor, the mythology of the Talmud, the ravens represent sort of a mistrust, a fear that can exist in a home that will make somebody run away. And a fear is a way that you can instill discipline, but it is not a way that you can instill trust. The Jewish people throughout the Torah, throughout the Talmud, are always compared to a dove. Why are we compared to a dove? The dove does something unique, and Rav Cook harps on this. The dove, the way that it even deals with attackers, the way that it deals, it always uses its wings. It always uses its source of protection. Other birds use its beak, and they bite, and they peck, and they discipline, and they use their own power. The dove actually spreads out its wings to protect. And protection sometimes we look at as soft, as not disciplined and intense and powerful enough. But there is something very beautiful about using love and trust as a source of culture within a home and to ensure people stay. And I believe that buried within this story, which I think is within this tractate, because the ultimate rupture that God forbid no one should know from, but we know people do know from this, and we know people do struggle with this, is parent and child alienation. That form of divorce within a very home, within a very family, 
and buried within the story of who do you trust. Don't listen to the raven. Don't use your beak. Don't use your power and your fear to instill the boundaries of a home. The way that we instill our boundaries of a home are through the wings of a dove. As we know, the language that's used in the Talmud is kanfei hashchina, the wings of the divine. And the way that we build that culture and that love within our home and the best ingredient to ensure that we do not have to experience such ruptures is through the loving wings that we instill in our families and our children and remain unified with our family and the larger family of Knesset Yisroel and to our God above in heaven. So, so beautiful. Rabbi David Shevkin, thank you so much for being our guest. My absolute pleasure. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you're going to enjoy our brand new Take One newsletter even more. Each week, you'll get an extra shot of Talmudic wisdom straight to your inbox. And for those who sign up before Tractate Gittin ends, we'll be raffling off some Take One swag. So make sure to subscribe at tabletm.ag slash Take One Newsletter. As always, please go rate and review Take One on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts, and you could get your Take One t-shirts, mugs, and other amazing form of swag at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruske, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramuccia, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeone.dafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic.